1: Hey everyone, just me at the top of the show to let you know of a few shows I've got next year in the Comedy Festival. So I'll start with my kids show. It's called Humankind. It's for kids aged between five and nine. It's on during the weekends of the Comedy Festival at the Kew Courthouse. So if you're a family in Q, what are you doing? Come along. Tickets can be found at joshearl.com.au. It's a really nice show. It's really funny. It's really sweet. It's a great thing to do as a family. If you've got kids, like I said, five to nine is the ideal age. A little bit older, they might be a bit too cool for school for it. There'll be some bits they really like, but then they'll, yeah, it's it's a tough. And then a bit younger, they might not get it all, but you know, you can still have fun. You know, your kids, bring them along if you think they're going to be into it. Uh, it is one of those shows that I think there's uh, enough stuff there that everyone's going to walk out going, that was actually really nice. So, uh, yeah, tickets at au. Also, if you're a fan of my podcasts, I'm doing four Don't You Know Who I Am's, three o'clock Saturdays in April at the European Beer Cafe. Right before the dum-dum, so you maybe even do the double. Season passes are only $50, so if you want to get a season pass and come to all four, go to joshole.com.au and I'll see you there. I'll always get good guests. Just, just trust it's going to be fun. Also, if you want to support the podcast and you're not in Melbourne, you can always become a Patreon subscriber. Patreon subscribers this week. They just got the unedited version of the live show we did on the weekend. Massive thanks to everyone who came out and packed the European Beer Café. It was a great, great afternoon raising a lot of money for the Indigenous Literacy Foundation. Uh, so that's really, really good. Uh, that'll be the episode that goes out next week in the main feed. There'll be a fair bit of stuff edited out because there's a lot of stuff that was very funny, but just for the room, just for the room. Um, so yeah, that was amazing. So thank you very much uh, for everyone who came to that. And yeah, if you want to, if you want to hear it unedited, go to patreoncom dykwia That's patreoncom dyk. WIA. Thank you so much. This is our last one before Christmas. So please have a safe Christmas. Have a good Christmas. And we'll be back next week. But enjoy this episode. Volume 16. Side B with Daniel Connor. Hello and welcome to 100% It's Volume Pod. My name is Josh Hill, and this is the podcast that looks at the greatest compilation of music this country's ever produced. My guest this week, very special guest, so please welcome into your ears. It's Daniel Connell, everyone. Yay. Yeah,
0: g'day, mate. Thanks for having me.
1: Thanks for doing this. No worries. We're very close to Christmas, so thank you very much. <laughs> okay. uh, you've, you've got kids, or yes, one kid. One, yeah. It's not their first Christmas, but no. do, are they aware of Christmas? Right into yeah, it. Yeah, good. Yep. Yeah,
0: the first year of properly. Uh, wanting to leave cookies out and yep. carrots for the reindeer. It's really fun. Yeah. Oh, it's the best. Yep. Yeah. It's totally changed my yep. excitement for Christmas.
1: We, because we're going to Perth uh, tomorrow, we uh, did Christmas Day this morning. Oh. So Santa came this morning, came a week early. Wow. Uh, my kids don't believe that. <laughs> yeah. But uh, got a drum kit. Really? Did, yeah. Proper... I thought you said you got no, a No, yeah. Bucket. No, the kids. Kind got... of, you did. Yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The kids got a seven piece drum kit. Oh. Do you know what? They're really loud, those instruments. Yeah. it's it's. it's so you didn't
0: think about electric? You wanted to go the full?
1: They had electric. It's not the same. They already had it. Yeah, they've had oh. it for two years and they've right. been doing drumming at school. Uh, my eldest has been doing it for five years. Mm. So it's uh, time for him to That's get awesome. a proper kit. A yeah, few day.
0: egg cartons up on the walls, mate. I know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey, so we're going to talk about volume 16, side B. Now, mm. word on the street from this podcast, 16A, possibly the worst side of music we've ever had to listen to on the really? show. Yeah, it's it was real bad. It was okay. DJ Bobo, I don't know if you remember DJ not Bobo, Entrance. <laughs> Entrance, oh, that rings yeah, a bell. Yeah, uh, not the good song of no, Entrance. I, <laughs> uh, I think you've got the better side. I think side B oh, really? is actually the better side. So it came out in 95. How old are you in 95? 13. The, uh, yeah. Perfect for these songs, I reckon. Perfect yeah. for pop songs.
0: But I was, I, w- I was heavily into my Blue Light Disco at the Batemans Bay RSL yep. during these years. And you sent me that listing, yeah. Just to, I, and I didn't listen to it, but I just none, none of it rang a bell. Oh, but okay. I, but I remember, um, I think it was like like what year to smell smells like that was like ninety two smells like Teen Spirit, 91, 91. Like teen spirit yeah. yeah. So that they would play that song at the end of every blue light discount. Oh, that's time get to come to have, Yeah, we get yep. to have a mosh. Oh, nice. They let us just that one song. But I don't, yeah, I just don't remember. I remember Babylon, remember Babylon Zoo, that Space, Space Man. Space great song. That was, yeah.
1: It's coming up. Oh, yeah, great. It's coming up, not in this one, but oh. in, a, in a future episode. I wish I was on that yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we've got, we've got some, we do have some acts who have been on before. Mm-hmm. And so some of them, I've done all the good stories, so we're just going to talk about whatever we want to talk <laughs> about here. But our first one has never been on because this is her debut single. This is Brandy. And her song, I Want to Be Down. Oh. Yeah. You can talk about this. I like it. It's good, isn't it? Yeah.
0: It's, it's classic of that time, it's that, that beat. Yeah. And I'm not sure what's making that sound, but that was very popular as well.
1: It's, I would say it's a keyboard, yeah. but they're doing some effect on it. Yeah. This is good. It's good, isn't it?
0: This is, yeah, I can see why they, they let off with this. This is a good start. I could see my sister's absolutely loving this yep. back then.
1: <laughs> well, I think the production on this is very advanced for this time as well. Like, yeah. it's obviously a lot of, like, she's got a good production company behind her. But you hear, just in the space of, like, because I've been doing these from, like, the year 91 to now, mm. Snoop Dogg came out. Change, change the landscape yeah. for what people were doing sonically. Yeah. And I think this is absolutely going, oh, that's what we should be doing, yeah. but in a more pop pop situation.
0: Yeah, and they found, she obviously went on to be quite a big, big name. Yeah. So this was the debut. Debut hit. Debut song. Debut yep. song. Good way to start. I, wanna be down I, don't, I don't think I've heard it, though. I can't say. Oh, I don't.
1: It's a little bit of a Yeah, day. I don't remember it. It, was, it didn't come across my radar. We'll take it down because we can't play everything. Uh, we only play up to forty percent of the song. I've never got even got close. Uh, so uh, she was fifteen when she recorded this. Uh, it's got to number six in the US charts, uh, top twenty here in Australia. Oh. And because of what happened was, Alia, the the singer Alia, she was huge. She was great. And so other record companies are like, we need we need our Alia. Mm. And Brandy was. The next earlier. Yeah. Uh, this album that came from sold six million copies. Fuck. Yeah.
0: Can swear? You can swear, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Um, did you see The New Yorker did an article about nepotism babies? No. It's a Big thing going in, in the last couple of days about all these new stars and mm. you're like, wow, they're amazing. And then you look into them and like, oh, their parents were actors or are now producers yeah. or whatever it is. Uh, and so nepotism has been on my mind because I read that article. Brandy is Snoop Dogg's cousin.
0: Really? Yeah. What a little tidbit. Yeah. And again, it probably doesn't surprise me that much, but it's a it. You now you're saying where you're getting those beats from and everything. Yeah, and it and is
1: interesting going. Oh, because you know, fifteen. How how do you get into it? But yeah. if your cousin's Snoop Dogg, going, oh, they're they're doing music. You can actually do music.
0: Yeah, and she's clearly talented as yeah, well. Absolutely. So probably just pushed her up the line a bit.
1: Yeah, her dad was a gospel singer and choir director. Oh. Um, she got signed in 93 and her mum quit her job in real estate to manage a full-time and she dropped out of high school in year 10 to concentrate solely on music God, and acting.
0: That would have made some cash. Yeah, oh they, they did
1: make a lot of cash. <laughs> uh, she, she's still been super successful all these years later and she's still in the public eye. But what I know most about her is that Kobe Bryant took her to his prom. What? Yeah, that, that were the dates. That, really? Yeah, because he was already like... So yeah, he... He was already famous. Mm. In a, in a kind of like on the way up way, yeah. he was like like a, a high school superstar that was going to skip college and go straight into the NBA. And he met her at like the MTV Music Awards or mm. like a VMAs, something like that, and uh, wrote to her parents to see if she would like to go to him to prom. And they thought that yeah. was very nice. And so she went, but there's a bit of logistics. She was very famous by this stage as well. Yeah. And um, I'm like they didn't date they said they were just friends but they like you know were they they were in different parts mm. of their life but i imagine you rock up to your school formal with brandy like the biggest <laughs> pop singer at the time what do you reckon your, your classmates are thinking probably
0: I, I maybe not surprised if he was like but you do you, do you mean me rocking you, up yeah so, me. so yeah.
1: daniel connell so you would have been year 12 <laughs> in what 99
0: Two thousand one.
1: Two thousand one. Yeah. You're rocking up with Delta Goodrum. <laughs> <laughs> What's the? What are the kids at Bateman's Bay doing?
0: They're freaking out. Yeah. Be, 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 yeah. If we had a semi-famous sports star come to town, we'd lose our minds. Yeah. So they they would be, they'd be thinking, did I win a competition? Or they wouldn't be thinking oh, I've done anything to make it happen. <laughs> like it's just fallen in into place. Because the I, schools organise it or something.
1: Because I was thinking, if it happened in my school, there'd be a whole bunch of people very impressed, but the, the popular girls would fucking hate oh, it. Absolutely, <laughs> like yes. ruined our night. <laughs> this is yeah. our whole schooling, like we're leading up to this moment. Uh, do you remember who you took to your leavers' dinner? Did you go? Uh, did you have a partner, or did you go with friends? Um,
0: I think I yeah, I took a girl called Sandra, Sandra in, yep. in my from my year. Yeah,
1: yep. in year ten, because in in Tassie, high school is the year ten, then eleven, twelve's kind of like a different campus. It's oh. not compulsory. When I was there anyway. So I took Serena mm-hmm. and then. Uh, Serena yeah. Williams came over. Yeah. That was, that <laughs> was would the have been dream. a dream. And then in year 11, 12, or well, year 12, uh, our Leavers dinner, we just went as a group. Yeah. It was just a group of friends and yeah. we all bought op shop suits because that was the style. It was yeah, like we, we laugh, were all trying to dress like yeah. Dylan Lewis from recovery. Yeah. <laughs> uh, her other relationships, she also dated uh, Wanya Morris, who's the lead singer of Boys to Men, who we're gonna talk about a little, oh, little bit later. Yeah. And she said that he was the love of her her, oh. her first true love. She, uh, is she married now with kids? And stuff? She she does have a, a child, and mm. um, also her brother's Ray J, who um, is the reason that Kim Kardashian's as famous as she is. Oh, yes. yeah, he was he's in that video, very yeah, brother. Yeah, what a yeah. town of events. I know. All right, moving on. Uh, this <laughs> I don't know is what mum thought of that. <laughs> I doing know. His PR as well. <laughs> well, the dad's uh, dad's in the church. Yeah, like he's not not enjoying taken it. Taking the day off that day. All right, this is our next song. Now, this song, Aaron Gox. When I posted about Boys <laughs> to Men, he said, "Just a poor man's four pm sukiyaki." I'd never heard of is that four pm sukiyaki. That doesn't ring a bell at all. Well, we're about to hear it right now. <laughs> this is four pm with their song sukiyaki. It's all because of you. Oh, do you know this one? Don't Boys to Men start like the same way? Yeah, what a ripoff! Now my life <laughs> I thought this is Boys
0: to Men. This is 4pm, which oh, stands yeah. for Four Positive Music.
1: Oh my god!
0: <laughs> <laughs> I've definitely heard this song before, but I all my life thought it was Boys to Men.
1: Yeah. <sighs> even <Wow>. even <laughs> even they've got a deep voice singer. Because there's a
0: Boys to Men song
1: on this right? coming up next. The person who oh, who wouldn't... compiled this obviously went, all right, we'll put them together. Yes. Yeah.
0: There would have been some paperwork filed over between lawyers over this one. Are they one hit wonders? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. All right. There's even a talking bit. I'll I'll go forward to that bit. Let's see if I can get it. That's enough. That's enough of it. <laughs> Sukiyaki uh, by 4 pm. So, like I said, that 4 pm stands for Four Positive Music. Hot off the heels of Boys to Men being like just number one for so long. We'll talk about them next. Uh, this didn't get to number one. It got to number eight, but number three in Australia. Bigger in Australia than they were oh, in, no. oh, well, they sold more copies in America because it's just bigger, but I number th- three in Australia. I think
0: 80% of those Australians thought it was Boys <laughs>
1: to Men and just went and bought it. Well, this is a cover of a song that. Went to number one in America. Really? A Japanese song originally called Yui O Muti Aruko. I've absolutely butchered that but I, I can't speak Japanese. An English record executive heard it uh, during a Japanese visit, renamed it "Sukiyaki" because he think that's, that's a Japanese sounding name <laughs> and released it over there uh, And because it's named after a beef hot pot dish. And he thought <laughs> that English speakers will have an easier time to remember that title than the original title even though it's not a song about food. Instead, the original title translates to I Look Up When I Walk and it's about optimism in the face of heartbreak and looking up in the air so your tears won't fall to the ground. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, do you want to hear? this? And you, I reckon you would have heard this version because I'd heard this. I didn't know what it was called though. It's just one of those songs that's just out there in the ether that you just go, oh, yeah, I know that one.
0: You know what? Yeah. 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 <laughs> it, I feel like this song has been used in a famous movie. Yeah, it's been. Movie? Yeah,
1: in the last I'd say it would have. Yeah, it was huge. It was number one in Australia as well.
0: Yeah. Um, ah, okay.
1: Yeah. Anyway, so uh, the 4pm version uses the melody but not the original lyrics. They didn't just okay. translate the lyrics because yeah. uh, the band A Taste of Honey, they rewrote the lyrics. They also had a, a minor hit with it. Um, and so they just wrote it about, they thought there could be three possible interpretations of what the song could be about the mindset of a man facing execution, someone trying to be optimistic despite life's trials or the story of an unended, of an ended love affair. And so, uh, they went, I will go with the love affair. Mm. That's what it could be about. And so they just (laughs) wrote, and so the 4pm version is a cover of a taste of honey's version, which is kind of like based on the original version. (laughs) So it's just—it's so weird, but it's, it's great. gone
0: through so many. Yeah, yeah.
1: but yeah, I, look, Q uh, Sakamoto—he's the—he's uh, the original um, singer. That's—that's mm. that's the version I like. Yeah, the 4pm one. Uh, no. not so much.
0: How it? How, yeah, how it made it on that list?
1: Yeah. All right, now we go to the band we were talking about. So if Sukiyaki 4pm is the Pepsi, this is absolutely the Coke. <laughs> this is On Bended Knee by Boys to Men. <laughs>
0: Beautiful start. Yeah All their songs started quite beautiful.
1: <laughs> I tell you what That's when you're singing about brandy <laughs>
0: <laughs> We have gone up a couple of notches in quality of yeah. voice there It's like a fine wine that. The sound is beautiful Songs me yeah. how <laughs> a perfect love goes wrong. Can somebody tell me how to get it?
1: Alright. Hey, Take that down. Oh, we'll listen to this we'll little bit. Oh
0: God, give me no reason. I'm telling no bring
1: me. Okay. Beautiful. That was another number one single for the band. It actually replaced them. They had the number one, and mm. this song replaced their other number Why one. Uh, the only uh, band to do that before them was a little band. I'm not sure if you would have heard of them called the Beatles. So <laughs> say, yeah, yeah. Uh, although Elvis did it, but that was before they were doing the Hot 100 charts. Mm. It was like more localized charts, not a, not a unified American charts. Yeah, uh, and so the song they uh, topped off their own song was "I'll Make Love to You."
0: Oh of course yeah. yeah
1: which we've talked about that was number 1 for 14 weeks yeah this was number 1 for 6 weeks mm. so for 20 weeks the world had <laughs> yeah. this had boys to men as their number one songs yeah i uh, remember
0: they had a, a one of the big lethal weapon films they had a oh, like, did song they? on there that was at a funeral scene that was huge yeah i i know ne- I, I never bought an album no. but i it was yeah i know all, i know all the songs when but I hear
1: them. you couldn't escape them my boys to men were Everywhere, yeah. yeah. Did,
0: did they or did they go pear shaped and have falling out? I think there's
1: there's there's a documentary series called This Is Pop, and they talk about boys Demand men in the first episode, I think it is. And they're now playing casinos. They're now in Vegas, yeah, but right. they're not doing the big casinos. They're not okay. like Celine Dion yeah. in her show or Britney Spears when she was doing her show. They're on a smaller doing your star cities, and it's interesting because they do a meet and greet after the show, but they know everyone coming up to them because they've been coming up to their <laughs> shows for like 25, 30 years. Yeah. And it's like, oh, yeah, I remember when I saw you. And it's part of me goes, oh, that's a bit sad. But at the same time it's like, no, it's not sad because they're playing their songs that they seem to still enjoy playing. Mm. And the fans, they've got the people who like it. Yeah. I just
0: hope, they made, hope they're made, they making some good money now because you remember those deals they used to all get, those oh, bands in the
1: 90s? They yeah. Just get absolutely. Well, these guys were with Motown and Motown did rip off a fair few yeah. artists. And so, yeah. No, so this song was written by two guys called Jimmy Jams and Terry Lewis. Now, they're both amazing songwriters and mm-hmm. they're in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Actually, they, uh, I can't remember which one it was, but they, they said they never had an argument. Jimmy Jams, I think it was, said, I, I wouldn't want to win something that means Terry would lose.
0: Right.
1: Good. Uh, but they'd heard uh, the album. They'd heard their, so th- this is off their second album called Two. Uh, and they'd heard the album and they said to him, because Babyface wrote a lot of their songs. He oh. wrote um, I'll Make to You and he mm-hmm. wrote their other uh, End of the Road. Uh, but Jimmy, Jams and Terry said, you need a begging song. The album doesn't have a begging song. <laughs> and they didn't know what a begging song was. And so they wrote him this song. He said, this is a begging song. He's yeah. like, come on, baby. I'm, I'm your man. Come on. <laughs> please, please, please. And so... Um, is when like the Michael McCary. He's the bass. He's the baritone mm-hmm. who does the whole "Baby, I'm sorry. Please <laughs> forgive me for all the wrong I've done. Please come back home, girl." That's so, the yeah. bit I, I would want. Yeah,
0: like how good where you could just speak your way through.
1: I know. It's like because both 4pm and Boys to Men just have a guy who's just I'll, I'll do the talk. I'll do the breakdown talk bits. Uh, you mentioned a film. Uh, you said that we're in lethal weapon. I think
0: it was. Uh, you just mentioned the name. I think it was um, End of the Road. End of the Road. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, this song is used in the Gus Van Sant film Last Days, which is a kind of fictional fictionalised account of what Kurt Cobain's Last Days may oh, have been. Wow. And in that film you see Kurt Cobain on heroin coming in and out. He's watching MTV and this song comes on and it's two minutes of just him kind of lying down. You hear this song and then he picks up his gun and walks into the back garden, down into his shed, and no. so Gus Van Sant no. wants you to believe that the last song <laughs> that Kirk Cobain ever heard was on <laughs> Bended Knee" by Boys to Men. <laughs> oh, shit. Well, he
0: yeah, you ended up on the on Bend and Knee." Didn't yeah.
1: You? Well, mm. because in uh, have you seen Control, which is the Joy Division uh, no. movie? In that, so Ian Curtis hangs himself, uh, and but what he's watching on TV is a guy like a chicken dancing. That's the last thing, and apparently everyone was like, "Oh, that's a bit out of tape. But apparently, that's actually what he was watching. That, oh, yeah. That's what played on BBC, and when they came to, like, they found him. Like, he was watching the BBC, and mm. so he would have been watching a chicken dance. And...
0: <laughs> the, I will say about would there be a band that has been played more at weddings than uh, them? This or since, since nineteen ninety?
1: Yeah, maybe the Grease Mega Mix. <laughs> <laughs> that might be one, but. In terms of the actual ceremony,
0: yeah, or yeah, yeah, just there you, over the course of a, of a wedding, yeah. the whole day, yeah, boy, uh, like they must, yeah, boys to man.
1: That's where they're going to make their money mm. these days. Yeah, if you can hire boys to man to play at your <laughs> wedding, that would be amazing. Yeah. Um. All right. Moving on. Now we've talked about her in a previous show. We're going to talk about her at next week's show, but we are going to talk about my favorite song of hers in this week's show. This is Cheryl Crow oh. with "Strong Enough,"
0: so she's featured a lot. She was, yeah.
1: This album's featured a fair bit, okay, yeah. So we've already had um, "All I Want to Do," mm-hmm. and then we have a, another one next week. I do this. Yeah, this is a this is a yeah. one a good song, and yeah. also it was played a lot.
0: This wedding vibes as well.
1: Yep. Mm. We had this album. As the groom walks down. Oh, <laughs> that's good. <laughs>
0: Yep. Since that, when it came out, I just as it started, Jesus got landslide by Fleetwood Mac Fives, doesn't it? Absolutely, does and she, mu-
1: she? was friends with Stevie Nicks as well. Really, yeah. they must, she must have got
0: a letter there for about that. That's when it right when it almost starts the chorus or into the, yeah, it's it's like they're about to sing the,
1: I mean, it is one of those things. If you're going to steal from someone, you might as well steal from true. a really good song, true. But Stevie Nicks, uh, played uh, on her album, I'll talk about this now. Because uh, she was really, she was very popular in ninety five. Mm. Ninety three is when the album came out. Ninety four is when it kind of hit big, and then ninety five is she still releasing singles from it, Tuesday Night Music Club. Uh, but she uh, kind of dropped out of being cool in ninety nine. She released a, a live album from Central Park, which got absolutely slaughtered by the critics. Right. Even though you look at it and you listen to it, and it's like this is fine. I don't know why. It's just she wasn't cool anymore. But it didn't crack the top hundred in the charts. And these were the guests on it. So the Dixie Chicks, who are now known as the mm-hmm. Chicks, uh, Stevie Nicks came on and sang uh, a song with her. Chrissy Hine from the Pretenders, sure. Keith Richards, and Eric Clapton, Sarah McLachlan, all got up and did songs with her and played at the gig. Bill Murray emceed it, <laughs> and Rolling Stone still only gave it two stars. So no, oh, yeah, like that's that's an amazing lineup. Three, yeah, It's a three to start with, <laughs> and then
0: what you give it more once you watch
1: it yeah but it's like that's just cuz she wasn't wasn't the cool thing yeah so that was in 99 that's also mm. when uh Woodstock cuz she's featured in the Woodstock do- documentary she yeah she plays. she was in the day, wasn't she? one of the everyday there was one female artist and yeah. she was on the, i think it was the f- first day she may have been mm. but yeah cuz it was like Jewel was, was on early, one day yeah. Cheryl Crow and I think Alanis Morissette. I
0: think Jewel was on there when it was starting to turn. Yeah, and she got out of there. Yeah, straight away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have
1: Obviously you seen that. those documentaries? Yeah, yeah. fantastic. Yeah. So good. Um, um, so th- this was uh, number five in America, three here in Australia, number one in Canada, which mm-hmm. it has all the hallmarks of a number one song from mm. from looking in all these. They love a bit of country, a bit of rock and roll. So, your Tom Cochran life is a highway. They they love that. They love that stuff. Was that on? You've done that? Done that one. Yeah. It was a good song. Yeah. (laughs) Did that with Ben Lomas. He loved it. (laughs) Um, I reckon I could
0: almost sing that off. Sorry, I cut you off. You were going to say something before.
1: uh, I I like to
0: imagine that Cheryl is singing. You're obviously strong enough to be my man. I like to think it's physically, like she's, you know, she's wanting a real
1: buff. Are you saying. Someone who can do. Because she dated Lance Armstrong. Are you saying oh. she made Lance take steroids <laughs> to yes. be strong enough to be her man? <laughs> yeah, I think we've just cracked the case.
0: Because <laughs> um, then she says lie to me in that next. Oh. Lie to me, I promise, I'll believe. It's all there. She was oh telling God. us. <laughs> have we just fucking. Oh, my. We, uh, this oh. is. Yeah, you're going to have to. This is good. Get ready for this to go viral. We've just cracked the code.
1: Cannot wait. Uh <laughs> There's a response song written about this by country singer Travis Tritt. I've heard that name before. He wrote a song called "Strong Enough to Be Your Man." Oh, as a response, I think there should be more response songs. Yeah, I've written a response song to what, to, jo- to Jolene. What is it called? It's called Jolene. Yeah, and it's about how the guy at the office the next day going in, and going, "Hey, in my sleep, I had a weird dream. You were in it. My wife heard me saying your name. If she comes in, just say there's nothing going on. <laughs> like just and then and then Jolene actually goes to HR because that's inappropriate, <laughs> and I get fired." <laughs> I think it's a right song. Yeah,
0: yeah. Have you played? Have you been in a show before?
1: Never. Because I, I had this thing. I don't do parodies live. Oh, Not that it's a parody. Okay. I mean, it's it's kind of is. It's the same chords of Jolene, yeah. and the chorus is Jolene, Jolene. <laughs> um, but yeah, maybe maybe I'll bring the guitar Love back. To say it. Okay. <laughs> Someone else who do, who used to do musical comedy and then uh, doesn't anymore. This is Max Sharam. You serious? She used to do comedy. And this is her song, Be Firm. Here we go. Do you remember this? Aussie? Aussie, yeah. I
0: remember this. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of songs like this,
1: too, yeah, because yeah. this was the follow up single of Coma, which we've talked about in the past. But Coma, I think, is a really good song, it's really interesting. This sounds like producers got involved, and everything that was interesting about her, they've gone, Yeah, but we've got all this stuff in the studio, we can make these sounds. Yeah, it just seems too polished for me. Song. Fine song. song worth it. Yeah. 100% hits. Do you remember the TV show The Heights? Yeah, yeah. It sounds like it would have been off the Heights soundtrack. That kind yeah. of, like, yeah. All right. Let's Do you,
0: down. you think the, there's some sort of contractual ob- obligation with these 100% hits that they had to have the sec- like second or third best song? Or like,
1: I reckon there's a, there's a little bit of, hey, we need to push if you're getting, getting the big hit, you're going to take the second one as well. Yeah. Or it's like, hey, the, the album's dropping a bit. Put another song from that on 100% hits and then maybe people go, oh, actually, I don't mind that one. I'll, yeah. buy, I'll buy the album. Yeah. Or, or parents just will go through people's record collections and look at the 100% hits and go, oh, who are some names on here? Oh, yeah, I think they like that one. We'll buy them the album.
0: Mm.
1: I think that's happening a lot because I'm, I'm seeing in the charts in this, like some artist's only chart in Australia who are on these compilations? And it's like, oh, that, I reckon that's what it is. Like yeah. they've just because the record label said, oh, this is this is a hit, and yeah. so be like, okay, cool, I'll go buy the whole album. Yeah. Uh, so last time uh, I said I, I want her on the pod, because she's Australian, and she has a very interesting story we talked about last time. She travelled around the world. She went on New Faces. That's how she like. Did you remember New Faces? Yeah. Yeah. She went. On, she was a contestant on that. Right and one as
0: Max Sharam.
1: Max Sharam and got a recording contract off the back of it. She sang "Coma" never, and record label was like, "Oh, that's a great song. Let's yeah. let's get her in." Uh, she lives. Oh, she has family in Benalla, mm-hmm. um, which for those out of uh, Victoria, that's in Victoria, but I think she lives in New York now. I've watched a couple of interviews with her. N- don't need her on the podcast anymore. <laughs> 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 there is one. I watched an old episode of Recovery from '96, and she's a guest on that. Now, I I loved Recovery. Mm-hmm. I would say it was the that and the Late Show probably the two most formative TV shows in my entire. <laughs> you go and watch the clips of Recovery. I don't know how it waited it <laughs> to air. It it feels like it's oh it's yeah it's nine o'clock on a Saturday morning, and everyone who's on this show is either hungover oh, yeah. or still drunk from the night before, <laughs> and Dylan Lewis. Is great at trying to wrangle anything mm. out of them, but there's just so many, so many moments of silence where it's just okay, cool. Where one, like the bass player, smirks because the drummer said something that, oh, uh, and anyway, it's, it's crazy. So, I watched her interview on that,
0: and this is when she is,
1: she's she's had her hit coma. Yeah, she's uh, about to go to America and try mm. and break it in America, uh, and she's very positive. She's like, yeah, I think I will do well because what happens is you normally you break it in your home. In your home country, and then in Australia, tall poppy syndrome comes in, and people don't like you. So mm. you go overseas, and once you get acknowledgement overseas, then Australians go, "Oh no, you're one of us. Yeah. We're proud of you now." And I think that was very true. I don't think she didn't do much in America, mm. but I mean, she's she's lived a life. You yeah. look at her, look at her bio; she's um, still been doing stuff. But on that episode of Recovery, they throw to Ben Lee. He's doing an interview. And I remember watching it because I, he did a thing about, because Ben Lee was in year 12, just finished year 12 and like got huge marks in his H- HSE. And I was in year 10, thinking, oh, that guy's my age and doing it. a bit like the Brandy and Snoop Dogg. I'm like, Come on, that guy, I like that guy. And th- from Ben Lee, I discovered bands like Pavement, Archers Life, and Jonathan Richmond, all these people who I, I, love now because of hearing yeah. him talk about it in interviews and go oh that's uh and so yeah it's it's very very interesting when mm. like because I'm you know I like Benley yeah but the bands he was talking about they're the bands I really love they're, yeah. they're the ones who I'm like okay they're on my on my all-time favorite lists he
0: was that when he was dating Claire Danes that was huge I think it? Like? it was
1: before that because yeah. he was still living in Australia I think he, I don't think he was dating her in year 12 right because he, yeah. he
0: was he was they were Babies, out were. they, they were pretty been.
1: young. So I, I saw him live once and uh he had just broken up and the rumor was he she was dating Billy Crudup, I think, the oh, actor. Yeah. yeah. And he was playing at Ding Dong. And next to Ding Dong there used to be a cinema and her movie was on the billboard <laughs> out the front and he even said it's very weird walking into your venue when your ex has got a huge billboard out the front of it, yeah, and yeah, it was, I mean he wasn't negative about it; he was just like, mm. it, "It's weird." Yeah. yeah. Uh, so this uh, was released in May of '95. Uh, this got to twenty-five in the charts, and uh, didn't make it into the um, hottest one hundred like Coma did. Coma got number eight on the hottest one hundred. I like
0: thought this. that would have snuck in that one.
1: Didn't you know what it
0: remo- I, re- I don't. Embrulia was she like 98, 99 or ninety seven? I don't remember when she. It's got that sort of vibe. Yeah, to it. maybe Max Sharam was a couple of years too early.
1: Maybe, yeah, maybe. But I feel
0: like that would have gone well, ninety nine, two thousand.
1: Maybe they saw what Max Sharam did and went, "If we can just yeah. do this, yeah, that's the that's the thing to follow." All right, moving on. We've talked about it before. We've talked about it twice now. <laughs> this is the third single, the famous Joshua, the only Joshua I knew growing up. Joshua Cadison and his song "Picture Postcards from LA."
0: <laughs> this is not something I think I want to listen to.
1: We had this in our house. My mum loved this. I'm the piano player down at Eddie's bar. Does it sound oh, it sounds like Elton John to you. Yes. Yeah. She's the is waitress. this? Jesse. Jesse painted a picture. Sure is. This is that. This, no, is, that, this is not the song. Same guy, though. Same guy. She's ah. make
0: it, it sounds exactly the same. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's not too much you can do with the piano. Like, all your songs sound <laughs> pretty similar. Picture,
1: postcards from God, that's good. It's
0: a real variety of music on this. You do. You it's like, do get a time for closing. I play while Rachel she
1: listens to my music. Oh, that sounds like a, like a comedian. <laughs> she it has some me. Tim mentioned Eddie Perfect vibes. Yeah. She's going all the way. And I say, send me postcards from LA. All right. That's all we need to hear. He's got, got a,
0: a voice, it. but he's definitely going... Yeah,
1: he's got a bit of the Eddie Vedder going... So... The album was released in 93. This was released two years later. They were still flogging it. They still. So it was the 22nd highest selling album of uh, 94 and the 15th highest selling album of 95.
0: Yeah, right. All, all off the back of Jesse.
1: All off Jesse and then picture postcards from LA. Oh, that was a, that was a big and one, was it? Well, it was, people loved this. People loved oh. this song. Um, so it does remind me of a musical. It reminds me of A song that would be in yeah. some musical, like, yeah. It's one of those songs that have nothing to do with the rest of the musical. It's just so they can change the set, the yeah. costumes and go, all right, well, yeah. you go out there and you're the guy in the bar singing. Yeah. He also talks about how Rachel's cleaning up and he plays songs. I'm like, fucking just pick up a mop and help her. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it does talk. So the waitress called Rachel wants to make it in LA and he plays the bar in Eddie's bar. He plays the piano in Eddie's bar. Mm-hmm. And I look for... Eddie's Bar, America, because so, he was raised in L.A. So I'm not sure if he moved away from L.A. It
0: all sounds. This, this from the music and the, his voice, it sounds all very produced and his backstory sounds like it could be produced.
1: That, that could be true. Uh, I found a bunch. So, so there's one in Dunedin, Florida, which is a sports bar. I don't think they have a piano player. <laughs> There's one in New York, which is a restaurant, but it, I didn't see a piano because you can see inside and it seemed like it was just a restaurant. But I did find a band room called Eddie's Bar in Moorabbin here in <laughs> Victoria. <laughs> so if you are around on New Year's Eve, you can see ACDC cover band Whole Lotta Rosie at Great. Eddie's Bar in Moorabbin. So there's a shout-out. They're not <laughs> sponsoring the show. They're just <laughs> my tip. Go and see Whole Lotta Rosie. Uh, they'll be a bit different to Joshua Patterson. <laughs> um, so... He's,
0: he's still making music. Is he? I was, that was my next question. I, th- I thought you were going to say like he's he runs a bar and, you know. No,
1: he, we, we, he was on the show when we talked. Well, he wasn't on the show. But we talked <laughs> about him with Andrew Levins and he, I'm telling you, the listeners know this, but he wrote a book called 17 Ways to Eat a Mango. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say self-published. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but he's still making music and doing front-facing YouTube like shorts, like he's doing going, hey, guys, and he plays play a song. He's just stopped putting them under Joshua Catterson though, or Josh K was his name mm-hmm. on there. And he's, like, I'm going to put him under a different name so people don't come with the baggage of Joshua Catterson. They just yeah. come in. and it's, he's either cracked the code of life, or he's spiraling out of control. I watched about three of the videos, and I can't tell. Does he sound? Does he sing the same? Do you want to hear? Mm, Here we please. go. This is. Um. Apologies if it comes up with an ad. Here we go. Hi, you guys. It's Josh. Um, people have asked me what my favorite song is. Right? And usually it's Imagine. John and Yoko's like freaking awesome, most awesome song. There's so many great songs. Anyway, but actually, I think this is my favorite song. So I want you guys to hear it. It's the sound of waves on my paddleboard. Um... What do you reckon? Look, Crack the code or is spiralling? I think he's a classic.
0: I don't think he's spiralling. Okay. He w- to what, like it seems like he is but I think that's just the life yep. that people leave after they've had a hit, one hit song and sometimes <laughs> they just live off it forever <laughs> and can paddleboard the rest of their life. Yeah. Because he'd still have to make, like that would, Jesse would still. Yeah. You know, that would have to get him. $100,000 a year easily. Do you reckon? I'd say I don't know how that works. Surely. Like, unless he, again, the deal he had was crap. But yeah. that would have to get downloaded a lot, that song. I don't know if he'd get downloaded that much. No. Was well, I say ten grand? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but he, he'd probably play weddings.
1: Oh, he'd be a great one to play yeah. at a wedding. Yeah. Although he'd probably he'd try and have sex with the bride. <laughs> <laughs> Come and listen to my favourite song. It's called Waves on My Paddle Board. Um, <laughs> all right, moving on. Talked about this guy before as well. Ex Culture Club, future kidnapper. It is Boy George (laughs) and a cover of Iggy Pop song Fun Time. Cover. Good (laughs) start. Uh-huh. A bit different to the boy George mm-hmm. who released The Crying Game yeah. only a couple of years before. I've
0: like like oh, oh, been listening to a bit of ZZ Top in the lead up to this, event.
1: Trying to do <laughs> well, it is a cover of Iggy pop song. Yeah, so you know It, it, it isn't that. Uh, that was uh, written though by David Bowie, because really? David Bowie produced the Idiot, the E pop oh. album. He wanted to make Iggy pop a star again, and so or a star to begin with, and went right. Uh, this is in the Berlin years. So I'd love to hear
0: Bowie do that. Yeah, well, you could, have you ever he ever laid it down?
1: Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. I think he's, he's singing backing vocals on, on the Iggy Pop version. Right. Yeah. Uh, but it's so different to Crying Game that mm. he released, which was a hit in a, in America. So you think you'd go, oh, let's try and make other songs Something like this. Similar, yeah. Completely different. So this is fr- the first single of the fifth album, which is called Cheapness and Beauty. Uh, oh, Iggy Pop, here's a fact. I say this every time Iggy Pop comes up, but I like it. Iggy Pop, not his real name. He got Iggy. He got Iggy because he was in a band called the Iguanas. He was a lead singer, so it was Iggy and the Iguanas. So Mm -hmm. he just kept Iggy and Pop, because Iggy Snap and Iggy Crackle sounded dumb. So no, that's (laughs) (laughs) that's a joke that uh, got cut from uh, Spicks and Specks. Even though I got a big laugh in the room, but I wrote it and I'm like, I'm going to use that then. Every every single time Iggy (laughs) Pop comes up, I'm going to use it. Uh, So that one,
0: that bull joints, I like. I feel like sometimes you can hear, especially if you follow mu- musicians the whole career. Yeah, you can really see what sort of drugs they are on at particular times. So yeah. I feel like he's into something yes. heavier at that
1: point. I think he may be yes, but he may be out of something the heavier stuff. Because in the eighties, oh, yeah. in the eighties, he was really struggling with heroin addiction, mm. um, Boy George, and he uh, tried to perform concerts and just couldn't. Got arrested a couple of times, um, and. His younger brother David went on TV and just said he has a drug habit and he needs to get help. And in 1986, he was arrested for heroin possession as part of a uh, police sting, which they called Operation Culture. <laughs> so when the sting's named after your band, <laughs> I reckon you're going down. I reckon they're gonna, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but um, it's 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 really and um. They say the guitar riff in the Iggy Pop version is a parody of the Rolling Stones' uh, Satisfaction. Oh, yeah. Which I don't know yeah. if parodies, you just, oh, no, it's a parody. I didn't rip it off. It's a parody. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. Uh,
0: and see, again, with that song being on that list, do you think they'd just go on, oh, it's Boy George, chuck it on there? I reckon purely it's purely a, a name.
1: A name for the cover. Yeah. Boy George. That's that's yeah. all. That's all they're selling it on. Yeah. Yeah. Put his little photo on the front. Yeah. All right. Moving on, another band. We've talked about them before. All these bands have been on before pretty much. This is where we're getting into the in this um, section. Next week's show, a bunch of new ones. Right. But I think this is the end of an era really. Mm-hmm. This is Collective Soul and mm-hmm. their song, Gel. We talked about their song Shine before. I was about before. To say, what yeah, was their big hit? That was their big hit. This was the follow-up. It's on the second album. Band or something like that. It sounds like they're fans of like the hair metal bands, so they know <laughs> grunge is popular, so they're trying to wow, yeah, wow. combine that's the so- two.
0: That r- riff though, that's, that's like a 18 year old in a school band. Shine that, um, huh? yeah, huh? Yep, that's yeah, that's
1: it. Yeah. Whoa, is
0: that? Yeah, that's yeah, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. it. I remember that, which that's
1: was it. so different to this one as well. Yeah, yeah. This is obviously they've gone, oh, shit, we've got to write a follow up. This is it from their second album, which they called Collective Soul as well. Uh, pretty standard rock song, got is number it? two in the US modern rock charts. Did it? Yeah, I don't oh, really just want that to, that, that down, down, yeah.
0: down, down, down.
1: It's, I don't really have as much as to say about it. it. No. But I do want to talk about gel, (laughs) because in '95 I was using far too much of it. (laughs) Did you go through using too much hair product phase?
0: I remember the like because you were curls, yeah. So
1: so gel, you can't really do much. I I shaved
0: my head a lot, yeah. And I I remember that my sisters had those big tubs of clear, remember the clear gel? Yeah, I I just yeah I used to get Taft? Taft? I don't don't know how to say it, but yeah, a handful of that and for like a blue light disco. Oh. Absolutely, no, I'm just going quite slick.
1: It'll just go crunchy.
0: Yeah, yeah, crossbows. I, and the, I can still, that smell of it, I can still remember that, had that classic.
1: I had the type of hair that I have to use product in, otherwise it's just super fluffy and it just looks dumb. So I'm still using product. But I, when I was a teenager trying to figure out how to get it looking somewhat like okay, just lathered so much gel with a middle part. I had an undercut middle part <laughs> but in the front I kind of, twirled it up a bit, so it was a bit of a love heart trying to look like Brandon from Nine Hundred Two One Zero.
0: Did you get? Did you have tips as well?
1: I did get tips. Yeah. 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 Did you get tips? I didn't.
0: No. Uh. Or a lot of mates had. I had. A, I attempted a bowl cut.
1: Yeah. Hair wouldn't
0: grow that way though. Oh. Had a lot of just. Buzz, had a lot of buzz cuts with the fringe down to the my eye. Yeah. Yep. Just that sort of. Yeah, like a, we a had, curtain of hair.
1: We, me, and my brothers. Begged my mum to buy us clippers so we could have a number one underneath our yeah. undercuts. And we used to, all my friends had the same thing. And when we were playing any sport, we'd run and would ask, Can you see it bounce? How's, <laughs> how's, the, how's it look? How's the how's the number one look? But I also remember mum had moose. I don't know if anyone uses yeah. moose these days. I haven't seen <laughs> it. how moose sales are.
0: I used to love how it came out of the. Oh, it was
1: cream. so good, like whipped yeah. cream. But um, <laughs> my dad, if he would if we were going out somewhere and he had to brush our hair for us when we were really little, <laughs> he would get a, a brush and get the mousse and just go on the brush <laughs> just and, the and, just, yeah, and just brush it through our hair that way. <laughs> and then I remember when I was like, all right, taff gel, that's no good. Fudge. <laughs> There's a product called Fudge. <laughs> it was huge. And I used Fudge. Yeah. yeah. Way too, M10s. way too long. Yeah. yeah. Um. Now Redkin is the is the brand I use, so there you go. Any <laughs> any, any sponsorship from Redkin, I'd love it. I, I wear your product every day.
0: Can I just say we've started to go downhill with these tracks? Wouldn't you say?
1: Oh uh, yeah, I, I mean
0: think after Cheryl, oh actually Max Sharam. After Max Sharam, we thought I started to. Uh,
1: I reckon we're gonna. I reckon. I'm worried about we're next. gonna pick up. We're gonna pick up, Because <laughs> okay, okay. we're going back to Australia. Awesome. Back to Australia, a big triple J band, mm-hmm. the the greatest band from Wollongong, ever. This is Tumbleweed. Oh. And their okay. song, Hang Around. Didn't know that was from the gong. Yeah.
0: Mm. You like this yeah. I thought you would a bit I like a, a bit of fast a yeah bit faster. I've seen them on hundreds of posters over the years I can't say I've listened to them that much though are right. they' still playing now they still
1: uh I think Richie and the boys are still playing now I'm not sure though I know I know they broke up for a bit but, but they all get back together mm. I think they might be on the the nostalgia tours, which yeah. is a way that these bands are making more money now than they did back yeah. in the 90s. So, here's the thing. So, like I said, from Wollongong, this is from the album Galactophonic. This is the band's highest ever charting single in this country. It charted at number 48. It got to number 95. No, it got to number 96 in the Hottest 100 of 95. They're only charting that year. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was the year that Oasis won with Wonderwall. All right. Um, more of a live band, I'd say, mm-hmm. and also I think there must be good dudes because like you said, that they supported so right, many bands. Everywhere, yeah every, yeah. every band, like you and I used to take them out on a tour. I know Rolling mm-hmm. band, uh, Monster Magnet, all those bands all, all come out to the country and go, oh, Tumbleweed will be the band. Yeah. And I think that's a good sign yeah. of being good dudes if bands like, you know, we want them to tour around in a Tarago with us. Yeah. Uh, eating. They must
0: have done some big day outs too. Yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. And so, but this is the this is the sound of my teen years. Not not tumbleweed exactly, but this that, um, yeah. a, Australian guitar, which was just Triple J, pretty much played yeah. this and occasionally some kind of like UK dance acts yeah. and some American like kind of punk bands and stuff like that. But it was like bands like You're My Spider Bait. Like Jebediah, Jebediah Regurgitator, yeah. Ammonia, yeah. like Grinspoon, all the, all those bands, yeah. which is just like you know, you could kind of go if you didn't know too much about the genre, you go, oh, mm. they all sound the same, yeah, which is fine, which is what, <laughs> which is what they did. Um, all right, we're up to our last song. Was
0: it? Would that be their biggest song that I would know? Or would they have
1: that another song called Daddy Longlegs, which yeah. I think probably more well known. Or mm. also, uh, oh, what was it called? Silver. Let's have a look. What I'll do, I'll type in Tumbleweed in, and see what comes up. Uh, Daddy, Silver Lizard. There you go. Yeah. I knew it was something. So this is this comes up number four on their, on their list of songs. Right. But it's number three because number two is a song called Tumbleweed by a band called Pussifier. <laughs> <laughs> All right, our last song. And this is this album that this came, came off. Bang. We are going to. Really? This is... Of the year, I'd say, along with "Lives Throwing Copper and the presence Ooh. of the United States of America, this yeah. album was the album that everyone in my school had. Every party I went to, this would get put on at some point. This is UK band Bush mm. from their album 16 Stone. This is Everything's In.
0: I remember this. My sister had this album and played it. Unbelievable. Yeah.
1: This kicked off the album, yeah, yeah.
0: That's one thing they did well with those bands that were huge, yeah. They just knew how to start. Like, that's a, that's a good way. Like, I, that, I, I like that song more than Glycerine,
1: yeah. I, I do too, mm. yeah. I think it's so funny though because it used to be like number one was always a good song, number three was always a good song, <laughs> yeah. and for some reason, I always thought seven's always a good song, yeah, right. Now, some- now I'd We'll play an album. I couldn't even tell you what's what track listing it is. I yeah. just oh just because I listen to it on my phone, I don't even look at it. Yeah. Just, yeah. Um yeah.
0: But that that's a good like if you were had if you liked Glisserain and you bought the album because of that and that yep. kicked off, you'd be like you'd be like, we're in. I've done all right here. Yeah, yeah. yeah, my
1: thirty bucks isn't a waste. Yeah. Uh so English band with a very American sound. Yeah,
0: would well, you know where they're from in
1: England? I don't know, but I do know that they weren't that big in England. They were bigger right. in America than they were in England. Yeah, right. which is not too many bands have yeah. that. Like normally it's like, no, you, if you're big in England, you're big in England. It's like got, yeah. It, or he's from England. He
0: England. doesn't have any really British twang in his... No, sounds very much English like Kurt Cobain. He doesn't.
1: Yeah. Uh, he d- yeah, yeah. He even dated Courtney Love after Kurt Cobain died. Really? And apparently she said that people gave her shit because he sounded so much like Kurt. They are oh. like, yeah, but just he, he and Gwen Stefani were on a break at that stage.
0: Yeah. He dated, right. Yeah, anyway,
1: so... Uh, he also dated Susie DeMarkey from the Baby Animals, Susie oh, DeMarkey. and that's uh, yeah. yeah. And that Bush.
0: I remember having a crush, crush on Susie DeMarkey. Well, Bush,
1: the band, met at a Baby Animals gig. That's where the band members met, formed a band. They weren't called Bush. They were called Future Primitive. hmm And they released a single as the as Future Primitive and then that song ended up being on um, 16 Stone. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is the first single they released as Bush. Bush is a... what do you reckon is a better band name, Bush or Future Primitive?
0: They're both bad. They're pr- yeah, I yeah. mean,
1: all band names are pretty bad. Yeah, yeah.
0: Bush is an interesting.
1: Well, especially it's, it's
0: very memorable, though. Yeah,
1: and well, this is while Clinton was in office. So when ah. Bush got in office, <laughs> people didn't really like the band name as much. <laughs> uh, so the title of the song uh, references the poem "How" by Allen Ginsberg which includes uh, Who Vanished Into Nowhere, Zen, New Jersey. And it also, like this is a band, like I've, I've said this in other uh, podcasts, but when a band isn't that cool and they program Rage, mm. they play better songs than if a band's really cool and then oh. they'll play like songs because they're like, oh, yeah, we don't want to just play the cool yeah, stuff. We yeah. don't play, yeah. I think Bush have a bit of that in them, like all all the bands they're referencing are way cooler and sound way different to what they're actually playing. Yeah. So he talks about how these are the bands he says he, he loves. Okay. The Beatles, which is, yeah, fair enough. Uh, Big Black. Do you know Big Black? Steve no. Albini who produced Nirvana's um, uh, In Utero. It was his band. Okay. Just complete noise like and <laughs> nothing like what Bush is. Uh, David Bowie, yeah, fair enough. Uh, Bob Dylan, PJ Harvey. I'm not hearing any PJ Harvey. Mm. He said, oh, Husker, Husker Do, Jane's Addiction, My Bloody Valentine, uh, The Replacements of Sex Pistols, Smashing Pumpkins, Sonic Youth, Soundgarden, Neil Young. So bands that they don't sound anything like no. but they're like, oh, just, they're the cool bands to talk about. Yeah. So that's who I'm going to say I'm into. Um, so this was uh, reviewed, you know, This is what uh, Chuck Klosterman who wrote um, the book uh, Sex, Drugs and Cocoa Pops Mm or Cocoa Puffs, uh, in his book Fargo Rock City, um, he talks about Bush. He goes, Bush was a good band who just happened to signal the beginning of the end. Ultimately they would become the grunge warrant. Yeah. It's like, yeah, she's my cherry pie. Yeah. that's
0: Because they really just fell away, didn't they, after that?
1: Yeah. And then another review of it uh, in a book called Accidental Revolution, The Story of Grunge by Carl Anderson. He wrote this about this album. The 12 songs on 16 Stones sound exactly like what grunge is supposed to sound like, while the whole point of grunge was that it didn't really sound like anything, including Mm. itself. Just consider how many different bands and styles of music have been shoved under the grunge header in the discography alone and you realise that grunge is probably the most ill-defined genre of music in history. So he's (laughs) just saying they just thought this is what grunge sounds like so we're going to sound like it. Yeah. yeah. Um, They
0: were the... Um, 4 p.m. So yeah. Of,
1: well, do you know what I reckon? Of the grunge, you know. I reckon they're kind of like if In Excess were a grunge band. Like it's... Uh, yeah. Like In Excess always thought they were cooler than they were and because they th- thought thought that, I don't think they were as cool mm. as they thought they were and I think Bush is a little bit like that. Yeah,
0: and he, he is a handsome man. Oh, very handsome man, yeah. And I don't think he was... I don't think he's, like, getting hammered. I think he's having a cup of tea Yeah, after a gig. You know, he he didn't seem like a, a yeah. grunge because, you know, Kirk Cobain, all those guys before him. Yeah. He was a bit more,
1: yeah. Yeah. So um, he's linked to another performer on this album as well. So in Boy George's book, Take It Like a Man, which came out in 95, the same year as the album that we talked about uh, did, um, Cheapness and whatever it's called, uh Boy George just let fly with all these kind of rumors and just in, like just was didn't hold back. And he said that um, Gavin Rosdale, and this is '95, they're not that big in '95. They released He said that he had a relationship with his old flatmate called Peter Robinson, who went by the name Marilyn. Who Marilyn was a, a pop singer. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had some hits in the '80s. He was big enough to be included in the pop singers on the Do They Know It's Christmas. Uh, Band Aid, So he was part of that.
0: Oh, yeah, I heard of Marilyn before. Yeah,
1: and so he said Gavin Rosdale and Marilyn were together. Mm -hmm. Uh, Gavin Rosdale denied it in a 96 interview. He said, no, George, uh, he doesn't know me at all. Uh, There's lots of lawyers looking into his book. Hope he manages to sell some books by putting my name in there, but it's not true. And then in 2003, Marilyn released a CD and um, on it was called called Hold On Tight and it was dedicated to Gavin Rosdale. Uh, saying the years of our passionate relationship, and had a cover, of, a photo of them in the cover, <laughs> and then in two thousand nine, um, Gavin Rossdale confirmed, yeah, they were they were together for five years, yeah, and um, yeah, and so
0: once it was all, yeah, once it, yeah, it wasn't uh, affecting his sales.
1: Sales, I, I reckon that's what it is. But mm. You don't know if it was him going, yeah, I'll deny this. or the record company going, do not, yeah. do not admit this because mm. this could affect your sales.
0: Well, I don't even know what he's up to now. What would he, is he still? Are they still playing? Is Bush still playing music? Surely he'd be for playing some acoustic.
1: When I looked online um, on the Wikipedia, Bush also go by Bush with Gavin Rosdale. <laughs> okay. So I think gone he's going there. a bit Diana Ross on the band. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. But look, I, I reckon he'd like, like Joshua Catterson, I reckon he would have made enough money mm, in the 90s. For sure. Because I think they may have sold the most albums from a British band in the 90s because they oh, really? all, all those American sales. God. I mean, Oasis might argue that they sold more, but I'm not sure because America's a yeah. lot bigger country. Yeah. Someone, someone will look that up. And Where was Babylon Zoo from? Babylon yeah. Zoo. I think they were British? English. Yeah. 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 All right, what we do on every, at the end of every show, Daniel, is we go through the 100% hits. Now there's 10, 10 songs.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So we say if it's a hit or not and we see if it actually is 100%. <laughs> so all the way at the start we had Brandy with I Want to Be Down. Hit or not a hit? It's a hit, yeah. Sukiyaki, four PM. Sorry, boys,
0: <laughs> you're going to
1: be sucking on you. I've got <laughs> to say. <laughs> on bended knee by Boys to Men, absolutely. Yeah, strong enough by Cheryl Crow. Yes, be firm, Max Sharam. I didn't mind it. It's, yeah. I'm on the fence. Let's give it a hit, okay? Because of the Aussie factor. Uh, picture postcards from LA by Joshua Cadogan. Sorry, Joshua Catterson. <laughs> Fun Time by Boy George. No, that was a bad one. Gel by Collective Soul. No, that was probably no, that the was worst. <laughs> that was the worst. I'd say that um, was yeah. the worst. Hang Around by Tumbleweed. Yeah, yeah.
0: I, and, I'm going to. I'm actually. That's. I'm going to write a note right. on my phone. Listen to a bit of. Old oh, Tumbleweed. that's good.
1: Everything's End by Bush. Yeah, I think so. We got six. That's pretty good. We got the same as last week, and I'd say this week a lot stronger. <laughs> but I think you're more honest than Teresiaakis okay. was. <laughs>
0: A oh. slight dip in the middle, but I think the whoever put it together, compiled it, knew what they, they were doing. They did all right, yeah, they yeah. did all right.
1: Hey, Dan, you've got a new um special out on YouTube. Yeah. Tell the
0: people where they can hear, watch it. Yes, you can. <coughs> uh It's uh, my this t- 2022 show filmed. It's called Gutless Wonder. Uh, it's on YouTube. Daniel Connell comedy. Just put Daniel Connell comedy or Gutless Wonder, Daniel Connell in the YouTube search, and you can find it on there. And the full, full.
1: Full uh, special up there now.
0: And it's great. And where did you film it? Uh, it was filmed it in the Macedon Ranges in the Newham Mechanics Institute, a little place called Newham up there.
1: I really like that because I think every Australian special looks the same. Mm. And then Aaron Chen had his last that came out uh, earlier this year, which looks great, mm. filmed by Henry Stra- and yours looks great as well. And I think that's really good that people are yeah. finally going, oh, let's just not do it all in the one place Yeah, and I wanted just to make it look yeah, the same.
0: I wanted to make it. Different, it kind of looks like it's in a barn almost, yeah. Um, yeah. But you, you would know Cole Cameron, yeah. So he lives up there and he run, He was organizing a gig there every now and again. I did it in 2019, yeah. Kept that the location in my head and thought, if I ever film anything, I'll do it here. Nice holds 80, just a nice yeah. little,
1: yeah. Perfect. And you're doing a show in the comedy festival next year? I am,
0: I'm doing a. Festival, the entire run. Uh, My new show is called I'm Always Sore, and you can check that
1: out. Great. Hey, thanks everyone who came along last weekend to the European Beer Cafe for the 100% Hits live show. It was so much fun. I'm in talks of trying to do uh, one in the Comedy Festival. We'll be looking at 100% Hits, the best of 97. Ooh. or actually the best of the best of 97 because it's two discs we can't do That's... we can't do 40 songs in a show that would be a good one 97 bit, 97 bop, handsome yeah yep. uh maybe even spaceman <laughs> <laughs> Now, also, um, my shows uh, for the Comedy Festival are on sale. I'm doing my kids' show Humankind on the weekends. If you've got kids aged five to nine, perfect for them. And also, for Don't You Know Who I Am's Saturdays, at 3 p.m. at the European Beer Cafe. Season pass for all four shows is only 50 bucks. So go to joshell.com.au for the tickets. Thank you, Daniel. We'll see you next time. Thanks, Bye. Mate.